0: I just need about 300 people in the building that have a testimony that he did it this morning to open your mouth and make some noise in this house. Somebody shout, he did it. Come on, he did it. I need the redeemed of the Lord to say so. Woo! shout he did it and tell your neighbor neighbor if he did it before he can do it again so he did it and he's going to do it again and again and again and he's gonna do it here and he's gonna do it now. And he's gonna do it for you. I just need some radical believers in the building huh, to put your hands together huh, and give him a shout of praise. Oh, yeah. Whoa. anybody believe he's gonna do it in this place today my 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 wherever Jesus shows up things begin to happen whenever Jesus shows up stuff just starts breaking whenever Jesus shows up people uh, get set free and, and healed and delivered put your hands together one more time and give God a great big praise in this house Come on, if you're excited about what the Lord is doing, give him a shout of praise. Woo! Amen, amen. You can be seated for just a few moments this morning. I want to take a brief opportunity to again welcome all of our guests that are here in the house of the Lord with us today. Rock Church, can I borrow your hands and your voice for just a moment? Would you help me give a great big hand clap of noise for all of our guests? Come on, I need to hear you this morning. Help me welcome all of our guests into the house of the Lord. We are so excited to have you here today if this is your very first time here at the Rock Church of Fort Myers, you should have received a VIP invitation card. And this is just an invitation for you to join us in our VIP room immediately after the service. We have some light refreshments and a small gift that we have prepared for you as a small token uh, of our way of saying thank you for being in the house of the Lord with us this morning. It truly is an honor to have you at the Rock Church of Fort Myers today. Amen, church. And we have a little understanding here at the church that you're only a guest for the first five minutes that you come through the doors. After five minutes, you're just at home here at the Rock Church. Amen, somebody. Would you help me turn around 360 degrees and tell everybody around you, welcome home this morning. Come on, turn around. There, in front of you, behind you. Tell them, welcome home this morning. Amen. We are so excited to have you in the house of the Lord. I want to say what an honor it is to have Brother Dale Whitmire with us this morning, all the way from Washington. This is Brother Chris Whitmire's brother. I've known him for a long time. We're excited to have him in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. We're, we're excited that you're here today. And then... I also want to give a great big welcome to Brother Alex Brister this morning, all the way from JS, Mississippi. Would you help me give him a great big welcome this morning? He was here last week, and I didn't have the opportunity to recognize him, uh, but he is here for a handful of months working, and uh, his good pastor, my friend, Pastor Gary Robinson, uh, sent him our way to have church with us while he's here working. And so we want to welcome him this morning. Amen. Somebody. I also want to give a, a huge congratulations to brother and sister Pack, who just celebrated 65 years of marriage this week. I think we ought to give them a standing ovation of congratulations. Come on, that's that's a testimony in the day and age we live in today. Sixty-five years, Amen. And uh, brother and sister Pack, we want you to know how much we love you and we appreciate your testimony and who you are in this church, Amen. Somebody, Amen, Amen. We're excited about that. And uh, and then uh, I also want to recognize a uh, another special guest that has been with us now for several weeks, um, that we, we didn't even know was here. And, um, but I just found out that they've been here for several weeks now. And, uh, and, and I, you know what I found out I'm related to him, brother Stewart. I mean, can you imagine that seven weeks in church? Didn't even know they were here. Then found out matter of fact there, it, it's, it's, uh, I, I'm, I'm the great uncle. to the brand new baby that's going to be coming congratulations brother eric and sister priscilla on expecting a brand new baby i think we ought to give them a great big hand of congratulations (laughs) amen we're so excited for them it took them a little while to figure out all that stuff and uh I'm just joking. They, they, uh, they, they had lots of tennis shoes to buy before they had babies. And uh, so but we're excited for them. And uh, we can't wait for baby Rasmussen to show up. Amen. Anybody grateful for what the Lord has been doing around this house? Whoa, I'm telling you, we have been uh, in an incredible season of revival. And uh, speaking of revival, mark your calendars down uh, two weeks from today. I tell your neighbor: two weeks from today, we will begin a series of revival services with evangelist uh, Jacob Phillips. Amen. And uh, and I'm just telling you. Get ready, get ready, get ready. I believe we are about to experience one of the greatest harvests that we have ever seen in this church. Anybody believe that with me this morning? And so we are going to be praying and preparing ourselves for that. Uh, But we're excited about what the Lord is doing. Just this past week on Sunday, Jaden was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. We ought to give God some praise. Leslie was baptized in Jesus' name and received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Jalen was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Angelina was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Carla was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Jonathan was baptized in Jesus name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Nathaniel was baptized in Jesus name and filled with the Holy Ghost. On Wednesday, Armani was baptized in Jesus name uh, and filled with the Holy Ghost.! Hey! Whoa! Glory! Glory! and then in our daughter work somebody said I didn't know we had daughter works we got seven daughter works we got seven daughter works and in our Port-au-Prince campus in Haiti Aureline was baptized in Jesus name and filled with the Holy Ghost Breda was baptized in Jesus name and filled with the Holy Ghost At our campus in Lakai, Haiti, Fortune was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. I think we ought to give God a praise for what he did this past week, uh, all over the Rock Church. And I got news for somebody. uh, He's about to do it again. In this place. uh, Did anybody come with expectation in your spirit? Glory, glory, glory. Woo. Amen. Amen. Grab your Bibles and stand with me if you would all over this house. I want to hasten to the word of the Lord today. I am preaching under a tremendous unction of the Holy Ghost this morning. Earlier this week, As I was in another church service, in the altar praying, a spirit of intercession came upon me as the Lord laid some people on my heart to begin praying, and I felt the Lord speak a clear word to me while I was praying in that altar for this house this morning, and I want to obey the Holy Ghost Amen. How many of you are ready to respond to whatever the Lord is doing in this place this morning? Amen. The book of Mark chapter 4 is where I want to invite you to read the word of the Lord with me. Mark chapter 4 is where I'm going to begin reading. Now you understand that when you are reading your Bible, that the original writers did not put chapters and verses where your Bible has chapters and verses. And one of the downfalls to the literary construction of the English Bible is that we oftentimes disassociate the continuity of the text as we move from one chapter to the next or one verse to the next. We often lose the the connectivity of thought that the writer is expressing to us. And such is the case in Mark chapter 4, Uh, When you begin to read Mark chapter 4, the events associated with this chapter look as if they maybe are not even connected to what is happening in chapter 5, but I want to uh, help extrapolate that from the text this morning, Uh, and we're going to begin reading at the end of chapter 4, and as we continue reading into chapter 5... I want you mentally to remove the parenthetical separation between chapter 4 and 5 and read the text as if if it is a continuation of the narrative. Amen. Are you with me? Chapter number 4, and I want to begin at verse number 35. It says, And the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. He is ministering in Galilee, and his reference to passing over is to cross the Sea of Galilee, otherwise known as the Sea of Tiberias. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow and they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? So many times when we read this uh, common narrative of the scripture, we absolutely do not understand or see its connectivity to the next chapter. Verse 39, And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? And they came over unto the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes and when he was come out of the ship immediately somebody say immediately there met him a man out of the tombs with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs and no man could bind him no not with chains because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains and the chains had been plucked asunder by him and the fetters broken into pieces and neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. And cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered saying, "'My name is Legion, for we are many.'" And he besought him much uh, that he would not send them away uh, out of the country. There is so much uh, that I could preach here about demonology. You understand uh, that these demons were not just interested uh, in individual territory, uh, but they were regional demons. Uh, don't just send us out of the man. Uh, please don't send us uh, out of uh, the country. Uh, the Bible says, Now there was there nigh a unto the mountain a great herd of swine feeding and all the devils besought him saying send us into the swine that we may enter into them and forthwith Jesus gave them leave and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine one of the reasons that demons are so preoccupied with possession is because when they were cast out of heaven the bible says they left their first uh, estate Uh, they have no bodies uh, by which to carry out their work uh, and their evil imagination uh, and so they require the body of a person or a being in order to carry out uh, the wishes of their evil minds uh, and imaginations verse 13 and forthwith Jesus gave them leave and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea and they were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea and they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country and they went out to see what it was that was done and they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind chapter 4 verse 35 and he saith unto them let us pass over unto the other side and for a few moments this morning I want to preach to somebody in this place help is on the way I came to preach to somebody Uh, you've been crying uh, and you've been weeping uh, and you've been in torment uh, but the Holy Ghost uh, sent me this morning uh, to declare unto you uh, that help uh, is on the way And I want you to know uh, that your help uh, has showed up this morning. uh, And your help uh, is in the building this morning. Uh, Your help uh, is here. Uh, I came to tell somebody uh, what you've been praying for uh, is in the building right now. Uh, What you've been waiting for uh, walked into the place right now. What you've been crying to God about uh, is here uh, in this place uh, right now. Who am I talking to? uh, Your help. Somebody put your hands together and give God a praise. Come on, somebody give him a praise. your help is on the way your help don't you give up before this service is over don't throw in the towel before the service is over Jesus is on the way Jesus is I know it looks hopeless I know it looks helpless but he's here and he's on the way right now Come on, there's somebody in the building. The Holy Ghost has had me praying for you all week long. God knew you would be here this morning. He's on the way. Kabashataya. I'm just going to start preaching. You can stand. You can be whatever you feel to do. You can. I want to tell you this morning that this encounter in our text was not happenstance. The meeting of Jesus and the demoniac of Gadara was not the secondary result of a primary ministry objective. As a matter of fact, the text shows us that Jesus was in the city of Galilee. He was in the middle of an assignment. He was in the middle of ministering. When seemingly out of the middle of nowhere Jesus turns to his disciples and says let us go to the other side. If you study the text, you will realize that probably Jesus was standing and preaching from the ship. They often did this as a way to gain acoustical advantage. Sound travels quickly over the surface of water, and it would... Was popular for them to uh, set the ship just off of the shore as a platform to preach from or to teach from. And so it was that he was probably even uh, in the middle of a dissertation uh, as they were in the ship. The Bible said they took him straight away uh, while he was in uh, the ship. Uh, In the middle of his ministry, uh, he says, You know what? Uh, Turn around. Uh, Let's cross over uh, to the other side. It seemed almost disconnected. And you'll read later in the text that after the encounter with the demoniac he got back into the ship and went back to the city of Galilee. There was only one reason why he went over to the other side. The scripture tells us that this man in Gadara was in the tombs crying and night he was in a place isolated from everybody else weeping and crying and cutting himself could I submit to you this morning that while he thought nobody could hear him while he thought nobody was listening his savior on the other side of the sea heard his cry and I believe that is why Jesus abruptly turned and said let us go to the other side somewhere his cries reached a point that Jesus said it's time to respond now it's time to move now and I don't know who I'm preaching to but God sent me to tell you that he's heard your cry and the time is now God brought you here today For an encounter because he heard your cry. Take me. Jesus there's people waiting i don 't care pull up the anchor we've got to cross over to the other side now oh you see we, we we disconnect this narrative in scripture and we think that the point of the text of Jesus sleeping in the bottom of the ship and the sea turning into a storm is just to prove that that he's you know master of the winds and the waves, but there is so much more to the text you understand that these were experienced fishermen and sailors, uh, men of the water. Uh, The Sea of Galilee is not very big uh, and any experienced boatman uh, would have been able to spot a tempest of that magnitude uh, a long way off. Uh, They would have never attempted the journey. uh, And so suffice it to say uh, that this is a storm uh, that came out of nowhere. Uh, It came out of the absolute clear blue skies uh, and it was such a great tempest Uh, that the boat was filled with water uh, and these men were afraid uh, of their lives Uh, can I tell you uh, that when Jesus got to the other side uh, that immediately uh, the man met him there Uh, why because those demons knew uh, of the arrival of Jesus uh, something in the supernatural Uh, those demons were already waiting Uh, they knew that he was on the way Uh, and so it is that as those men uh, traversed across the sea and that storm raised up that storm was a manifestation of demonic resistance to the ministry of Jesus I feel the Holy Ghost it was not just an ordinary storm but it was demonic resistance to the hand of deliverance that was making its way that demonic activity said we don't want him to come do something to stop him do something to keep Jesus from messing up our plan. But in the midst of that storm, Jesus rebuked the wind and the waves. I came to preach to somebody that the storm you've been in, that the waves that have been trying to bury you, are not it's not a storm of natural proportion, but it is demonic activity that is designed to try and keep you from an encounter with Jesus. But I came to declare unto you uh, that even the winds uh, and the waves uh, must obey him. Uh, Oh, I came to preach to you uh, that God will take dominion uh, over the storm that's raging. uh, Whatever it takes uh, to get to you today. uh, Whatever it takes. God said, I'm not going to let anything stop me from getting to them. I'm not going to let anything stop me. From I came to preach to somebody. That's why you're here this morning. Everything in your life has been working against you. Everything in your life, it seems like, has been trying to stop you. But there is a God in heaven that said, I ordained this moment in time. My deliverance has drawn nigh unto you. And you're here this morning by divine appointment of the Holy Ghost. You're not here on accident. You're not here because of a flyer somebody gave you. You're not here because you saw us on YouTube or Instagram. But you're here because the Holy Ghost has an appointment with your life today. The Holy Ghost has a divine appointment with the demons that have been trying to destroy you. Jesus shows up and immediately the man comes running to where Jesus is. And we oftentimes underestimate the power of demonic oppression in our attempt to diagnose demonic possession. You have to understand that demons do not have the power to at will possess a body. Demons cannot just make up their mind. They want to possess someone. There has to be an acquiescence. An opening of the door. A submission of spirit, if you will, to the demonic. Demons cannot just at will decide that they want to inhabit. But there is another attack of the enemy. An oppression of demon activity. And somebody can be so oppressed that you think they are possessed. That the, the activity of the demons can be so strong. uh, trying to assert uh, influence uh, and manipulation uh, over the life of an individual uh, that you think they are possessed uh, when in fact it is simply demonic uh, oppression. I came to preach this morning to somebody uh, who has been afraid uh, of the power of the enemy. Uh, He's not as strong as you think he is. Uh, He doesn't have the authority uh, that you think he has. Who am I Preaching to this morning. He can only exert the amount of power that you're willing to believe that he has in your life. But there's somebody in this house that today is the day you're going to stand up. Today is the day you're going to put your foot down. Today is the day you're going to draw a line in the sand. And this man is possessed with a demon by the name of Legion. It is interesting to note that this man is known by the community. This is a man that had some level of a reputation that the community knew who he was. For later on in the text, the Bible says that they came and they saw the man clothed and in his right mind. Can I preach to you that what began to happen is the demonic oppression began to isolate this man from society. That is one of the tricks of the enemy, is to isolate you. Because if he can separate you, then he brings a level of vulnerability to your life. When he can get you by yourself, I feel the Holy Ghost, when he can get you all alone, when he can disconnect you from the strength of positive relationships in your life, then he can bring you to a place of greater influence. This man became isolated and the problems he was facing began to create a level of dysfunction that he felt like he could not function around people in a normal context. He found it increasingly difficult to be with crowds of people. He slowly began to withdraw himself uh, from the normal activities uh, that he participated in. Uh, he slowly began to withdraw himself uh, from the crowds and the influence uh, that he would normally be. Why? Uh, because there was a work of the demons uh, working to isolate him, uh, working to separate him, uh, working to bring him to a place. And Here he was in the tombs Crying day and night. Years ago, as a matter of fact, it was December of 2020. Is that when you got married, Brother Trevor? He was quick on that response. My wife and I took a short trip to Southern California. To celebrate the marriage of Brother Trevor and Sister Morgan. And while I was there, my friend, Pastor Bertram, and I were talking, and we're both outdoor enthusiasts and hunters. And on a last minute conversation out of the blue, we decided to jump in his truck and take a ride into the mountainside. Our objective was to find some wildlife. And so we grabbed the binoculars and, and the spotting scope and we took off in the truck and headed with no real direction, no real destination in mind. We, we got lost up in the roads and the hills and of the foothills of the mountains of Southern California and the Mexico and, and, and United States border area. And, and we drove looking for animals, Brother Stewart, and finally when the evening was... Starting to come upon us, we realized that we weren't going to see any animals that day. So we began to try to find our way back home. And the sun had already begun to set, and this is in the middle of December. In Southern California, and whether you know it or not, uh, it it can get very, very, very cold in Southern California in the wintertime. and especially up in the mountains, the the temperatures drop to severe cold, and and, and so it was it was getting super cold that evening, and the sun was almost down, and we were uh, we, we couldn't see very well, and we were uh, driving uh, in the dust trying to find our way, and as we drove down one particular road, we passed an old abandoned parking lot and, and almost missed what we saw. But out of the corner of my eye, as we passed by, I, I noticed something. And as I looked back, it it appeared that there was Somebody standing next to a vehicle in that parking lot waving their hands. And, and we both realized at the same moment that maybe they were trying to get our attention because we're out in the middle of nowhere and, and they're parked all by themselves. And so we, we, we hit the brakes and did a U-turn and we went back. And when we pulled into that old parking lot off the road, There was a vehicle parked there with its hood up and there was nobody standing around the vehicle and and so we slowly got out of the car and, and as we approached the vehicle, there was a young lady Sitting in the driver's seat of the car. And and, and she was shivering. You could physically see her uh, shivering. It, it, it was super cold outside. And as we approached the vehicle, she opened the door and she got out. Uh, and she said, thank God you stopped. She said, I, I was hoping somebody would stop. She said, my, my car died and I, I can't get it to start. I think the battery is dead. We said, oh man, that's... We're glad we stopped. Let's see if we can get, get, get you some help. And she already had uh, battery cables uh, there with her. So we pulled up the vehicle, and, and I grabbed the battery cables. And as I got under the hood to attach the cables, Brother Daniel, I, 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 something in my mind clicked, and I grabbed uh, one of the, the, battery, the cable to the battery. And, and when I grabbed it, I realized that it was loose. And so I just gave it a little tug and a push, Brother Stewart, and, and, and the, the cable popped down tight into place. And I told the young lady, I said, I don't think your battery's dead. I, I think you just had a loose battery cable, that, and that's why it won't start. And so she jumped in the driver's seat and turned the key, and instantly the car started. And you could see a look of relief that came over her face if if she had had to stay out there all night in the mountains, she, her life could have been in trouble with uh, with the temperatures dropping like they were, and a look of relief came over her face, and she got back out of the car and said, "Oh, thank you so much and I, I, I wrapped up the cables and and, and 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 as I went to go uh, uh, give her the cables, I said, i think you 're fine, I think your battery uh, was just cables just loose. You, you might keep an eye on that, and when you get somewhere where you can get a and uh, you know make sure you check it and she was saying oh thank you so much and, and all of a sudden we'll call it an unction of God something inside of me looked at that young lady and I, all I can say is it was God that prompted me and as I put the cable in her hand I looked her in the eye and I said ma'am I said are you okay and her head dropped, and her shoulders began to bounce as she began to weep. And she said, No! She said, I'm not okay. I stood there for a moment, understanding that there was a God moment unfolding here. She looked at me through speaking through tears, and she said, I know this sounds weird, but can I just give you a hug? The pastor's standing right next to me, and I said, ma'am, I said, we can do more than give you a hug. I said, can I pray for you right now? She said, yes. And as she stepped toward us, I laid my hand on that young lady out in the middle of nowhere. A happenstance meeting. Didn't even, almost passed her up on the road. And I began to pray, Lord, you know what's going on. God, you know the situation with this young lady. God, whatever it is, she's sobbing and she's crying. And then all of the sudden, I felt the Holy Ghost, almost the spirit of prophecy that came on me. And I began to pray. And I said, ma'am, I don't don't know what brought you up here uh, but god told me to tell you uh, that he hears you uh, and that he's listening right now uh. and when i said that uh, she folded in half uh, and she almost fell on the ground uh, heaving and sobbing uh, and i began to pray in the holy ghost over her uh, and after just a few moments uh, of praying for her uh, through tears she said you don't understand uh, she said i came up to these mountains uh, she said to pray Uh, And I've been driving all day long uh, trying to talk to God. uh, And I felt like he wasn't listening to me. uh, She said, and finally I screamed uh, in frustration, uh, contemplating uh, whether to drive my car off of the road. uh, And I said, God, if you're listening, you need to tell me she said and then my car died out uh, and I couldn't understand why I said I know why because God sent a man of God on the side of the mountain uh, to tell you uh, he's been listening to you I don't know what you've been praying about uh, but when you think God hasn't heard you uh, and I came this morning uh, to tell somebody uh, that God uh, has been listening uh, to your prayer I came to preach to somebody in this house that you felt all alone and you feel like nobody understands and nobody knows. But God's been listening. That man was crying day and night in the tombs. Nobody can hear me. Nobody knows the torment I'm dealing with. Nobody knows what I've been battling. Nobody knows what I've been going through in my life. But while he was crying, Jesus was in Galilee and he said, pull up the anchor. We've got to go to the other side because I can hear the cry. And I came to preach to somebody in the building that help is on the way this morning. God heard you. God's been listening. God's been watching, he knows exactly where you are this morning.. The Bible says, there is an, an emphasis in his deliverance that is not placed on the chains that were broken. The emphasis of his deliverance is not in the fact that he left the tomb, but the testimony of the people that saw him was that he was clothed and back in his right mind. You know what that tells me? The enemy didn't want his stuff. The enemy was after his mind. I came to preach and uncover a devil in this place today. The enemy's not after your stuff, he's after your mind. Oh, I came to uncover the enemy in this place today uh, he's not after your marriage uh, he's after your mind uh, who am I preaching to this morning uh, the devil's not after your car uh, and your house uh, and your money uh, he's after your mind I came to preach this morning uh, he's not after your job uh, he's not after your career uh, he's after your mind uh, he's not I came to preach to somebody in the building uh, the enemy he understands uh, that if I can get the head uh, I can get the whole body. Uh, if I can get their mind uh, their marriage belongs to me. Uh, if I can get their mind uh, their relationships belong to me. Uh, if I can get their mind uh, they'll sabotage their own future. Uh, if I can get their mind uh, they'll wreck their own family. Uh, if I can get their mind uh, they'll lose their own job. Uh, the enemy is after your mind. Something began to happen to this man. The enemy isolated him in his own thoughts. The enemy began to coerce him into an environment where his only company was himself alone with his mind alone with his thoughts alone with his thinking and the thoughts the enemy kept influencing dropping see you see this is why this is why God hates things like sowing discord because it is a weapon against the mind it is a weapon against our thoughts Ooh, I feel like preaching in the building right now. Uh, this is why you've got to protect uh, what influences uh, your thoughts uh, because the enemy is after uh, what you think. Uh, he's not in, He doesn't care about what you do. Uh, he cares about what you think uh, because if he can influence your thinking, uh, your actions uh, will follow uh, what your thoughts are. Uh, and that's why the enemy uh, will come against you uh, with any opportunity that he can uh, This is why you've got to guard uh, your uh, mind uh, with what you have access to. Uh, This is why uh, you can't just put everything uh, in front of you to entertain you. uh, Because while you think it's innocent uh, and you think it's just entertainment, uh, it is an open door uh, of the enemy uh, to influence uh, your mind uh, and your thinking. Trevor, there's a reason why in social media they call it a feed. It's feeding you. It's nourishing your thought life. And some of us spend hours eating the wrong stuff and wondering why we're struggling in our mind. We spend hours in front of YouTube videos feeding our minds. We spend multi- multiple hours of time feeding ourselves. With certain, and then we wonder why. We begin to struggle with certain thoughts and certain ideas. Oh, I came to preach to somebody this morning that there is a battle for your mind. All of a sudden, you begin to wonder why you feel inadequate. All of a sudden, you wonder why How come I don't have that? Uh, How come my life isn't like this? Uh, How come? Oh, I came to preach to somebody. Uh, People are posting their highlight reels uh, on social media. Uh, Brother Stewart, people don't tell the whole truth. Uh, We we don't post everything. Uh, We just want people to see the good side. Uh, And then you're scrolling through, uh, and you start doing what the Bible says, uh, and you're unwise uh, comparing yourself uh, to other people, uh, and you start wondering, how come uh, I don't look like that? How come I don't have that? My wife don't treat me like that. My husband don't treat me like this. How come this? And before you know it, you are in the battle of your mind and your thoughts. Big L, I wish I had a witness in this building today. Reading books, entertaining yourself, with stuff that you think is innocuous and it's the venom of the enemy injecting poison and then you wonder why you come to church and you feel numb it's because you've been ingesting spiritual anesthetics all week long The enemy has been injecting spiritual anesthesia into you all week long. And now you can't even hardly feel the effects of God's presence in the room. And everybody around you is shouting and dancing and crying and repenting and getting a breakthrough. And you're standing around like, I I feel disconnected. I feel like I'm alone. I feel like I don't even belong here. It's the trick of the enemy. That's been isolating you. And I'm going to tell you what happens in this story. The Bible says that this man began cutting himself with stones in the tomb and you study it anytime people begin to exhibit behaviors of self-mutilation it's because they are struggling with thoughts of worthlessness it's because they are entertaining thoughts about themselves that I have no value And somewhere the enemy has tricked them into looking for affirmation from every other source except the only one that matters. Come on, I feel like preaching in this building right now. I said, I feel like preaching. So all of a sudden, you have young ladies who start feeling depressed because some young man that they liked decided he didn't want nothing to do with them. And so they allow the enemy to begin to work a thought that said, I must not be good enough. I must not be worth enough. And they start hurting themselves. And Muley, come on, I'm preaching where somebody is living. And all of a sudden, they start looking at other young ladies. I'm not as pretty as she is. My hair isn't as nice as hers. What's wrong with me that somebody isn't? Come on. The enemy has talked you in to a false sense of identity. And before you know it, he'll talk you in to hurting yourself and manipulate. Come on, somebody. All of a sudden, you have young men start acting out of their minds, trying to prove themselves because they're not in the presence of the king and they don't have the touch of God affirming to them their identity uh, and who they are and so they're chasing their identity uh, on Instagram pages uh, and Facebook pages uh, and whatever society says uh, you know what they're doing they're just running around saying please uh, tell me I'm good at something Uh, please tell me I'm worth something Uh, I just want to do something good Uh, I just want to do something I came to preach to you uh, that there is a work uh, of the enemy uh, that is after uh, your Your
1: mind.
0: And it's not that nobody tried to help him. Because that's the second thing that happens. Is you spend enough time in isolation. You start to convince yourself that nobody cares. I wish I had an honest witness in the building. The next thing your mind will start to tell you, see... Where's everybody at that said they loved you? where's everybody at that said they cared about you why aren't they calling you why aren't they showing up and you don't even realize the Bible says that many times he had been bound with chains you know what those chains were they were the efforts of people that cared about him to try to protect him they realized that he was harming himself that he was a danger and so because they loved him they tried to put chains on him but when you're in that state of mind you view every Everybody's actions uh, as a control mechanism. Uh, They're just trying to hurt me. Uh, They're just trying to control me. Uh, They're just trying to restrict me. Uh, And the Bible said no man uh, could tame him. Uh, He broke every chain that was put around him. Uh, He broke every shackle. Uh, Everybody finally said uh, we've done everything we can uh, to try to help him. Uh, And he keeps breaking uh, all of the chains. And your mind will start telling you, nobody cares about me. Nobody loves me. Here I am all by myself when the fact of the matter is you've broke every effort of the people that love you to try to help you. You see, I can easily help somebody that's being hurt by somebody else. I can help somebody who's being attacked or hurt by somebody else. I'll come to bat for you, Brother Trevor. I'll protect you again. They're trying to hurt you. I can can help. But it's hard to help somebody who's hurting themselves. It's, It's hard to help somebody that's cutting themselves, that's mutilating themselves, that's opposing themselves. You want to know? Oh, my God, I feel like preaching. You know what? You know what they would have told him? If he would have went to the doctor, they would have said, you're bipolar. Oh, it's going to get quiet up in here. <laughs> if they would have took him to the doctor, you know what the doctor would have said? Oh, you, you're dealing with schizophrenia. You're dealing with multiple personality disorders. You're, you've got ADHD. You got Yeah, you know what they would have done? They would have given him a prescription for some pills and some medicine. And I want you to hear me. I'm not against medicine. I believe there are times, far and few and in between, where people have a legitimate chemical imbalance or something that happens that creates a mental health scenario. But can I preach to you that there is a reason. We call them pharmaceutical. The word pharmacy comes from the word pharmacae where we get the same word for witchcraft I came to preach that sometimes modern medicine can be nothing more than a tribal witch doctor trying to do and so many times we create euphemisms for demonic activity and instead of dealing with it we medicate it and so when they give you a pill you'll take the pill instead of praying and when they diagnose no you, uh, you protect the the problem uh, instead of letting god heal her uh, and deliver uh, the problem i'm preaching to somebody in the building huh. i'll tell you what they wouldn't say you need to pray i'll tell you what they would not say you need to get in the presence of jesus i tell you what they would not say. They wouldn't tell him to run to where Jesus was. But I came to preach to somebody in the building after he broke all the chains and he broke all the fetters and realized that no man could tame him. There's only one answer to somebody that's hurting themselves. You've got to get them in the presence of Jesus. I wish I had a church in the building. You've got to get them... In the presence of of Jesus. Whatever it takes, I'm gonna get you there. Can I preach for just a moment? This is why you don't need to surround yourself with people that'll have a pity party with your problems. It's part of self mutilation. They're reinforcing what you're doing to yourself. Listen, if I'm having a heart attack, I hope I'm surrounded by people who number one, will pray, and number two, call 911. If I'm having a stroke, Brother Pack, get me to the doctor. Please, pronto, ASAP, arriba, ándale, let's go, quick. How many of you have ever been involved in rushing somebody to the hospital? Anybody rush your kids, rush somebody like, woo. Throw them in the car. You're honking your horn. Let's go. You got one shoe on. One shoe off. I don't care what I look like. I got to get my bed. If you care about them, you're trying to get that. You know what you need? You need people that are just as radical about getting you in the presence of Jesus. I thought I'd have a few more amens than that in the building. Uh, You need some people surrounding you uh, that are just as radical uh, about getting you in a prayer meeting. Uh, Come on, baby. Uh, You got to pray. Come on. Uh, You're going to die. Come on, my brother. Uh, We got to get to the prayer meeting. Uh, Come on. Uh, You're going to meet me for early morning prayer. Uh, I'm going to pick you up at six o'clock. We got to pray. Come on. Uh, Those are the kind of people you need to surround yourself. You need to get somebody who will sit next to you in church I'm about to preach you need to stop sitting next to people who want to sit next to you in church and have conversations while the word of the Lord is going forth and while a move of God you're sitting next to the wrong people You need to sit next to people uh, that are going to do everything they can uh, to get you into the presence of Jesus. Uh, Brother Eddie, you need to sit next to people uh, that when when the Holy Ghost is moving uh, and you don't feel like worshiping, uh, they grab you by the hand uh, and say, Come on, man, Uh, the Holy Ghost is moving uh, in this place. Uh, You need to sit next to somebody that will grab you and say, Come on, uh, let's run the house. Uh, You need to find people uh, to surround yourself. Come on, somebody. He was in that place. I'm trying to hurry. And when Jesus shows up, he's filled with a legion of devils. When they entered the swine, the Bible said there was about 2,000 swine. And even though he was under the possession of a legion of devils, they could not stop him from running to the feet of Jesus and falling on his knees. I want to preach to somebody right now. There is no demon so strong that can overpower your will to bow in front of Jesus for your deliverance come on I came to preach to somebody you're not stuck on a pew because of the demons that are tormenting you you're one choice away from being in the presence of God you're one decision away from being in an altar of deliverance there is no devil in hell that can keep you from running into the presence of God somebody in this place is about to get a breakthrough Somebody in this building uh, is about to break the chain. uh. Somebody in this building uh, is about to press uh, their way uh, into the presence uh, of God. 2,000 demons. I'm going to get to Jesus. Jesus, thou son of David. Listen, when Jesus began to speak, those demons were cast into a herd of swine. And when they went into the swine, the swine immediately ran into a sea and choked to death in the water. But the steward in the animal kingdom, all animals have an innate sense of survival in them that teaches them to stay away from anything that might end their life, including those swine. They did not run into that water as a result of some natural reaction what it does is it paints a picture of what those demons were trying to do to the man, if they had had their way, it wouldn't be the it wouldn't be the swine drowning in the water. It would have been the man drowning in the water. He didn't even realize the magnitude of what he had been fighting against in his own life. I came to preach to some people. You don't even understand the magnitude of some of the things that you've been fighting against. If it had its way, it would destroy you before you ever got delivered uh, if it had its way uh, it would have killed you uh, before you ever had a chance to repent uh, if it would have had its way uh, it would have destroyed your life uh, before you could ever get uh, to where Jesus was And when Jesus begins to speak to those demons here's what they said They said, Jesus, have you come to torment us before our time? In other words, Our assignment with this man is not finished yet. We were assigned to destroy him. We were designed to end his life and now you're interrupting what we're trying to do. God said I don't care what your plan was. When I show up, time is up. Time is over with. Your time of influence is finished. Your opportunity is done. And I came to preach to somebody in this building uh, that the enemy's time is over this morning. Uh, I said his time uh, is finished this morning. Uh, God's about to do a work right now in this building. Uh, God's about to do a work uh, right now in this place. Somebody stand with your hands lifted uh, all over this house. Uh, Come on, the Holy Ghost uh, has showed up in this building. Uh, I don't know who you are uh, and I don't know what you've been dealing with but somebody needs to make a run to this altar right now and throw your hands in the air and begin to declare Jesus Jesus come on he's here right now your deliverance is here right now the Holy Ghost is here who am I preaching to who am I preaching to Somebody open your mouth and begin to call on the name of Jesus. Somebody open your mouth. Your help is on the way. Your help. Come on, Jesus is here. God's about to heal your mind. God's about to heal your thoughts. God's about to touch your emotions. God's about to... Come on. Come on, lift your hands in his presence. Come on, sir. The enemy has been after your mind. Come on, ma'am. The fight has been for your mind. But I plead the blood of Jesus over your thoughts. I plead the blood of Jesus over your mind right now. In the name of Jesus. Uh, come on, he's here. He's here right now. He's here right now. Uh, deliverance is here. Uh, right now. Jesus is here. There it is. Jesus is here.
1: He heard your cry. Jesus is here. He heard your cry. Jesus is here. Yeah. Come on. Jesus is here. Jesus he heard your The building right now come on. Come on. come on come on come on come on somebody lift your hands somebody lift your hands right
0: now God right now God Shaking the sea. Shaking
1: Jesus he's a, he's a,
0: somebody right now while you're praying. You have been caught up in the bondage of self abuse. Come on, I'm moving in the Holy Ghost right now. You have been enslaved in a trap of self abuse. For some of you, it's been verbal and mental. You've been abusing yourself and talking down to yourself. For some of you, it is manifested in a physical way. I came to preach to you right now, that if you lift your hands and lift up those scars and lift up those words to Him, God wants to heal your mind. God wants to restore your emotions. God wants to touch you right
1: now. Right now, lift your voice. Lift your voice. Come on. Come on!